Welcome to the Champion Influencer Podcast with Lance Johnson, where top influencers come to master their craft and learn from the online influencers and entrepreneurs in the world today. If you're looking to dominate the competition, build a large social media following, and become an elite influencer, then you've come to the right place. In each episode, guests share their journey to success as an influencer, along with tips, strategies, and actionable steps you can take with you to grow your influence and achieve similar results. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready because it's time to become a champion influencer. Here's your host, Lance Johnson. What's up, champion influencers? This is your man, Lance Johnson, coming to you with another episode of Champion Influencer Podcast. And, oh, man, it, this is something special that I have for you guys. To tell you the truth, I should be charging $80 a head for this one. But, you know, I'm a nice guy, so I give it all the way for free in the hopes that I bless some people in the process. But you guys want to make sure that you don't want to miss this one. Hey, what's up, champions? I have someone special, a special guest here today, Jeremy Jacobowitz. In from Brooklyn, New York, and he's here to share us some, some real value as far as when it comes to the awesome content that he's been able to create and his journey along the way in becoming an influencer and where he's headed next. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. Uh, happy to be here. <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. And really, this is one of the main reasons why I reached out to you is because you have absolutely amazing content. And for all my champion influencers out there listening, if you go to Jeremy Jacobowitz, and that's J-E-R-E-M-Y-J-A-C-O-B-O-W-I-T-Z on Instagram, he has some really, really high quality pictures. This is like, you know, professional level. And before we even began speaking to each other, I was I asked him if he's a photographer and just because the quality is so... Hi. So, Jeremy, how, how did you get in the influencing and, and I guess you say blogging game? And how did you get this type of content to sure. well, really be? I will, I will jump in. With, I'll jump in with this. The if you go to at Jeremy Jacobowitz, which I love that you pushed out there, <laughs> that has become that has become more of just like sort of my weird photography account. Uh, because right. if you want to see my like bigger account, <laughs> uh, Everyone should go check out Brunch Boys. That is more valuable to me. But sure. also follow out JJ because it, it's funny. Like, I'll get to the whole Brunch Boys thing in two seconds. It's funny because on one level, Brunch Boys is this obviously like a, your in, like true quote unquote influencer, or whatever. Right. But because now it's been like it's like so sexy to be like a micro blogger, micro influencer. Also, it's kind of funny that my personal account has turned into that. So when I work with brands and they're like, hey, we could do this big giant thing. Cool. Let's work with Brunch Boys. Or sometimes they come back to me like, hey, for this project, we really want to go smaller scale, maybe less of a budget, maybe like just a different feel. I'm like, oh, well, don't worry. I got that covered too. I have all grounds of the uh, influencer world. That's covered. awesome. But sort of the more division has been too, like Brunch Boys has become way more video focused, which we could talk about also. There's a million reasons for that. <laughs> but um, to, to get into the beginning, uh, I, I was a TV producer. So I worked in sports TV. I worked at SNY, which is the Mets, local Mets network here in New York. 
Um, I was field producer for WCBS, which is the local CBS affiliate here in New York. Um, this is all in college. I went to NYU. Right. And then, and then I worked at WWE and I was there for a year. And this is eight years ago, whatever. And I did that. And I just want something different, but I knew I wanted to stay in TV. And I found my way into food TV. Um, so I had to go back to being a PA, but I started waking my way up there to like reality, quote unquote, but pretty much I stuck to food. And very early on, I met Bobby Flay, and obviously, like, he's ingrained in the food world and food network world and <laughs> food media world. And I, I became his PA. So I was pretty That's much awesome, his assistant on set, is the best way to explain it. So I was with Bobby for years and all the shows traveling across the country. Then I went to started producing. So I was producing food travel shows, food competition shows, uh, cooking shows, whatever. And then five years ago, I was still on TV. But I, in, in TV, you're pretty much always freelance. So it's project to project, show to show, whatever, whatever. So you inevitably have time off between gigs. Maybe it's a few days, maybe it's a few weeks, whatever. And I'm just someone that can't really ever just sit around. So five years ago, I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, maybe I'll like make some fun food videos and, you know, whatever, just be creative. And I started French Boys. And I, was, and I started the Instagram at, at the same time. But five years ago, there was, no, there was no influencer world. There's no Instagram world. There were no food Instagrams. There's no any of that stuff. Right. I literally was just like, well, all right, I picked the name Brunch Boys. I'll put it, you know, whatever. But the Instagram took off. So then I was still working in TV and still doing weird stuff on Instagram because still like there's no incentive to work really any harder at Instagram if you didn't have time for it. But then but it just need a little break from TV and spent a couple months just messing with it and then exploded. So I've been running that full time for three and a half years now. Oh, man, that's absolutely awesome. As far as when it comes to yourself and growing Brunch Boys, what mm. was what was I guess your initial idea that okay, this isn't just going to be something I'm going to be having fun with. This is something that I can take and monetize and really make an income from it. But at the same time, there is always those strategies that get us there. What were those few I guess strategies that helped you out in the beginning to really grow Brunch Boys? to the level that it is now in the initial spot. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there's, there's a number of reasons. I think that, I mean, listen, a real reason is that I started very early. When food Instagrams became a thing, I, I had a food Instagram. So when people are looking right. for stuff, like I popped up. Um, so obviously you can't go back in time and do that. But I would say my strategy then and my strategy now is always trying to stay ahead of the game. And it's staying ahead of the game creatively and staying ahead of the game in terms of algorithm and, and, and how you, you use that to your advantage with Instagram. So a key thing was always like, okay, if everyone's going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing something else. That, I mean, oh. that's why I picked brunch. So I was like, I want to be different. I want to be unique. And I love brunch and I don't see anyone else doing that. That's why. Right. I mean, so creatively want to do that. And I think just like with the content too, I've always jumped ahead. Whatever Instagram purchased out, I, I jump on. The second videos on 15 seconds to a minute, I was like, oh, great. I mean, A, I would rather be producing videos. That's my background. But I jumped on that and skyrocketed. Same thing I'm seeing happening now with IGTV. Right. They are pushing IGTV to the moon. Great. All I'm going to produce is IGTV. So A, again, I get to produce longer form content, which I love. But more importantly, almost, my engagement on those videos is three to four times higher than a normal video. So I'm going to spend my time doing anything. Let me do that. Let me, let me be er, and, or, you know, on board early with all their stuff. Um, so I think it's, it, it, it's thinking a lot about that and just sort of thinking always like, 
how am I different? How am I going to be unique? Why would anyone, you know, like my content, truly hit the like button or just generally like it. That's something I go over with every single thing I'm pitched, whether it's organic stuff or ads or a weird thing I want to post. I think there's a mix between, listen, I think as a creator, you need to trust your instincts sometimes, but you also have to realize that like, especially when it becomes your full-time business, I got to get engagement. I can love it. I can love this thing so, 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 so much. But if everybody in the world hates it, that's not going to do me any good. So I think it's always finding a balance between the two. Nice. And and so as far as when it comes to your content, something that really stuck out to me, you know, not speaking on your your personal one, which is, I feel, so exactly when did you launch your your personal account? I mean, the the personal one I've had since the day Instagram came to Android, which was like two years after iPhone. Okay. Um, so I've had that one even way longer than, than brunch boards, but it was always just like, I don't know who cares. It's just right. there. Um, I was, I was pretty curated with it anyway, but then it, but then that started growing and people started paying me for that right. too. And I was like, well, all right. So it's still sort of my little weird creative outlet, but you know, here and there, I do different things with it. For sure. And the reason I ask is because with brunch boys, I see that you have 4,708 posts and you said that you started five years ago. Yeah. So I'm doing, you know, crunching some numbers over here. That means that you've posted on average 941 times a year and 2.5 times a day. As far as your, your initial stage of getting this going and getting it really picking up some momentum, do you feel that the consistency of your posts and the frequency of your posts had a lot to do with it? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think especially early on. Right. Pretty much pre-algorithm days. One of the re- one of the ways pre-feed algorithm days. Right. One of the ways I took advantage of the good old how algorithm were. Yeah, was just posting. The more you posted, the more followers you got. It was it was pretty easy math. So I would post four to five times a day because they would skyrocket us. I mean, that's literally the breaking point of how much content I could produce. As Instagram has changed, it's funny. They will still tell you that it makes it makes more sense to post that many times, their numbers are showing them that still sort of the same math. More times you post, the more, the more chances you, your content you get to the explore page and the more photos you have trending on the explore page, the more people will discover you and follow you. And yes, that's sort of true. What I have found, and especially with the numbers that I'm at, the algorithm works a little differently. And to me, in terms of, I gotta, again, I have to look, it's a business. The next jump in money that I can make in terms of followers, I'm very far away from. I'm, all, I'm honestly never going to reach. I'm at 400 and I don't know, 60, whatever, 70, whatever followers I'm at. Doesn't matter. The next jump to make money just in terms of follower numbers is probably 750 million. Like, it's a huge, huge, huge. I, I have to achieve where I could really start asking for more money or getting more opportunities. But, you're saying 750,000 compared to where you're at now? hundred percent. I think like the, the gap grows wider and wider, wider right. as you grow. It sort of lumps into those things. And it, 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 it honestly doesn't make a difference. It's a sexier number, I'm sure. But in terms of like Instagram itself, it doesn't really make a difference. But if my engagement is three to four times higher, that's an easy way to get more money. And I think engagement is, is, is huge. So I look at the way I'm producing content now. I'm like, okay, it's taking me longer to make these IGTVs. I, I, I can't physically do four or five posts a day. I could do about four to five posts a week, if that, at this point. And then two, just giving these posts a little bit more time or room to breathe, 
letting them get a little bit more traction, all of a sudden my engagement is three to four times higher. And that's a number I can take to people when they want to work with me now. Because if people come back to me a year later and I've only gone up, if I've gone up 50,000 followers in a year, whatever it is, all right, who cares? I'm not going to get more. Right. They come back to me now and I'm like, hey, last time we worked together, guess what? My engagement's four times higher. I could ask for more money immediately. So there's a monetary reason for the way I'm creating my content. For sure. And jumping back to the content that you've um, said 2.5 times a day, were, how crucial were hashtags and being active in the beginning compared to, I guess, now? And, you know, are you keeping up the engagement as far as with you responding to others and, and whatnot? And what, what, uh -huh. did, what did that look like in the beginning for you? And the reason I'm asking is because someone who is maybe starting out or someone who is maybe around, you know, 5,000 followers, they sometimes devalue or don't understand the value of that engagement and really, really working on building that following, you know, one comment, one like at a time, as far as when it comes to your, your right. own audience. And, and so what do you feel, what did you experience with yourself on the importance of engaging with others and how it can help someone who is on the rise? Yes, I 100% I agree with that. I think that from the beginning and even now, I think the way you engage is important on every single level. I think that on a purely, I mean, on a purely algorithm level, uh -huh. um, if I'm commenting back on every single person that comments on my stuff, I double the, I double the engagement on every single post. Right. It's really important too. I think on a personal level, people, you want people to stay engaged with you and they feel like you, their voice is heard from you because you respond to everything. They're going to be more inclined to engage the next time. If you ignore everything they ever say to you, they're just going to be like, well, why am I bothering? And then I think too, on even higher up algorithm level, Instagram will show people stuff the more they engage with it. Right. So like if, if I can convince them to keep replying to my stories and keep commenting on my stuff, my stuff's going to pop up higher. So there's, it, it makes all the sense in the world on every level to engage with people as much as possible. Is that hard sometimes? Sure. Do I, if someone sends me a DM, I just, truly don't have an answer to and whatever, I guess I don't. I mean, Instagram has only made it easier because I could just like double click things and give them a thumb, thumbs up and yeah. cool like that. It's hard enough. Um, they've certainly made it easier over the years. I mean, the only bigger, biggest difference I would say is like, I used to work much hard at engaging on everyone else's posts. Again, just like, hey, what, what new person could find me if I go through, I would pick a hashtag that's related to me I don't know, brunch, whatever the hell it is, I would literally, I wouldn't even look at my phone. I would just sit there and like every, I would scroll and like scroll and like on every single photo that, that was, came up on that hashtag. So let's say in two minutes, I like 50 photos. Maybe five people followed me. They saw my account and then followed me. All right, well, in two minutes, I got five followers. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I used to do that. And then I, you know, obviously like it. Exchange it. I don't physically have time to do that anymore. Right, right. Oh, uh, man. But that was like a key beginning thing. Like, hey, and that's just as much as people can discover me, that's the easiest way to discover me. And like, I'm sure it happens to a lot of people. Like, I mean, on Crunch Boys, I get so many likes. It's hard for me to pay attention to it, sort of. But like on a personal account, when someone likes one of my photos, I don't super recognize the account. The first thing I do is, oh, who's this person? Let me look. And then I determine if I want to follow them or not. So think about the same way you like someone else's photo that whatever, like, they're going to look at you. I mean, then you need the account to back it up. If your account sucks, 
all right, well, they saw you, but they didn't follow you. <laughs> right. It does no good. But it just sort of plays into the bigger thing of like being discovered any which way possible. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. And really, for a lot of those out there, I've gotten a lot of questions as far as when it comes to what the importance is of really engagement from the beginning and how it helps you grow. And I've, you, you definitely helped us you know, answer that question. And as far as when it comes to encouraging others to engage, and this is something for you champion influencers out there to really, really take note of, which is really important, is to encourage others to engage with yourself by commenting or responding to their comments each and every time that you see a comment on your post. And this gets, gets those people in the habit of interacting with your content because they know that you're going to actually give them a response and that's going to warm their hearts up. And the next time, like you said, Jeremy, they're going to see your content again, they'd be a lot more, lot more encouraged to leave a comment or like in comparison to someone who never ever leaves a comment back to someone and thinks they're Hollywood just because they, you know, they have however many so followers, which is definitely not you, Jeremy. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> I, I wish I could be that famous where it didn't matter, but unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think it's, for, for me, I, I think it's really a respect factor, just appreciating someone taking the time out to acknowledge you. And it, it definitely pays dividends over time. And right. I mean, man. Especially in the first 24 hours of a post. Listen, I mean, right. I'll go back to a post a week later and be like, oh shit, I missed all these comments. It's just sort of what I was like. But at least it's been a first day or two. I'm able to keep up on on all the comments again on every post. Right, for sure. And in keeping on, on the theme of comments, are there any tools that you use as far as when it comes to keeping up with, you know, all the comments throughout your content? For myself, the reason I ask this is because I've experienced, I've experimented a little bit with Sprout Social, which, you know, lets you respond to others. But at the same time, you know, they had a little hiccup for a while, which didn't let it be like a real response that was like indention to the comment that they made. And so it was like, you know, and this is a couple of years ago and it just didn't look right. And so I had to switch back to the old organic way of commenting back, yeah. get back to work out there in the comments. But are there any like tools that you've used in the past or still use to keep up with comments, to keep up with direct messages or, you know, any type of interaction when it comes to Instagram period? Um, not really. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the only sort of extra tools I use, which now since Facebook pulled all the third party data really doesn't help me out that much. But I mean, there were like a lot of great stat sites that I would use just to give me like followers up and down per day and overall engagement, all these numbers that Instagram at the time didn't deliver. Instagram unfortunately pulled the data from them. So they're not as helpful, but Instagram also adopted some of that into their new data. Like I just switched over a few weeks ago to the new creators um, profile. I went from business profile to creators profile. And, and this the main is within, reason I did that was that, what's that? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but this is within Facebook and the... Um, this is within uh, Instagram. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, yeah, exactly. Right, and so I saw um, on, on Facebook, there's the creator and you have the, you know, the Instagram and the Facebook at the same, pretty much in the same place. And this, is this a similar thing that you're... Uh, it might be, but, but specifically within the Instagram app, when you do oh, okay. that, is it, it, some 
the new data it gives you is actually how many people follow you every day, but more importantly, how many people unfollow you every day. And this is a number that I used to be able to get um, with the third party apps. And then I wasn't able to anymore. And it is just like a good, I like seeing it every day. It's like, okay, what did I post that made people unfollowing? What did I post that made extra people following? What did I, whatever it is like, I just, I think it's an important number to see. There are definitely other differences too that I just forget. But I, I made a switch and you could always switch that. People are like so, anytime Instagram like puts weird things like that out, people are so nervous about it. But like, you could just switch back. Like, you could, <laughs> I could go make it a personal account if I really wanted to. They don't really make it that hard. Um, so I, I would not be scared of any of those changes. I honestly haven't seen any difference in engagement or anything else beyond just like different stats. And like, I'm able to be called like a digital in, uh, what a content creator, whatever the hell, like my official term now is. Um, but that's in terms, of, in terms of apps, like even like scheduling stuff or even seeing the way posts are laid out. Like I, I have my schedule in my head. Things are very rarely done that far in advance. And to me, I'm not a, I'm not a grid person. I mean, part of that is just, it, it's so video focused right now. Like I can't worry about how the grid looks. I think like, sure, like having a beautiful grid is nice, but I think at the end of the day, people then look at your posts and see what your content is. And that's way more important to me than what the grid looks like. So really? I, that's interesting. I just do it by year. And I think like, I just, I like posting. I like feeling it out. I like seeing how the day's going, like seeing what everyone else's engagement doing before I post. There's so many factors that go into it. I would never just rely on a hardcore scheduling thing. So you don't let your past drive your future pretty much. I mean, content, a little bit. You have to look at it, but like, <laughs> but like a good example is like, uh, I posted a video two days ago. And to me, the, mo- the, the most important part of your post is the first 10 minutes. I will know immediately after 10 minutes how good or bad a post is going to do. And it posted something after seven minutes, it had maybe an eighth of the engagement it normally does. And I'm like, you know what? This ain't working. I pulled the video and I'll repost it next week. I see people do that and they'll repost it 20 minutes later, an hour later, two hours later. I'm like, uh, that defeats, that defeats the purpose. Because what you have to remember is Instagram's always going to push your content pretty much the same people over and over and over again. And odds are those first initial people that saw it 20 minutes ago when you posted are going to see it again. And now they're never going to comment on it. Right. I had seven minutes, but a week later, I'm going to switch a cover photo. I'm actually going to work on the video a little bit. I didn't know if it was an algorithm issue or a content issue or something. I just didn't think it was going to work. So I pulled it. So I think there's a nice middle ground there. But again, if I had a scheduler going or had some automated thing that helps me post to keep up with it, I never noticed that. And this video would have completely died. So I like, I'd like to be on top of it as much as possible. A lot of respect to you for the video content that you're creating. And when it comes to the actual sitting down or standing up or whatever you're doing, creating the video, what is your, what do you like? What are your nerves like? What are, what are your, how many takes do you do? Because of, with my own experience, I'm a perfectionist. And so I really like to get it how I want it. And I have learned quickly that if I kept that up, man, I was going to be spending hours a day. If I was going to create a video a day, I would spend three hours a day on a one minute uh-huh. video. Is there, is there a sense of, excuse my language, but quote unquote, fuck it in your system that allows you to just get what you have to get out there and to move forward and not be so anal about it being perfect. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, 100%. I mean, I think my <laughs> perspective, my perspective, even going back to TV is that those little things, no one's going to, it's not going to matter. I mean, like if right. your stuff is engaging, I think it's, it's good. 
listen, this is an issue I always had in TV where as a producer, normally their minds more work like the way you described, like, no, perfection, take after take after take. My approach producing wasn't like that. I'm like, let's just fucking do this. I know we got it. I know we got it in there somewhere. If it's a 90%, 90% to 100% isn't going to matter. I mean, that was my approach to college too. I was like, if I get a B, that's great. If I get an A, what's the difference? Um, <laughs> and it sort of takes right philosophy with what I'm, with what I'm doing with French Boys. It's like, man, I worked so hard on, the, on that video, but you know what? A week later, no one's ever going to think about that video again. Right, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's gone. It's just like, you're not going to go back to it. So I could kill myself, kill myself, kill myself, or I could, I mean, you always want to be happy with the content. I think you're not that silly. But I think that like, okay, we're there. We got it. Let's move on. I mean, when I'm making videos, I want to have certain things that I, that I need to make sure are perfect. The cover photo I want to make sure is there. The, what, what am I going to use for those first four seconds of the video, which counts as a view? That needs to be there. It, if at four minutes and 30 seconds, something's a little fucked up, but that's one second of an eight minute video, I'm not going to go so crazy. I right. mean, especially being in kitchens, it's like, I listen, I have an hour in the kitchen and the chef is, you know, graciously giving me their time. We're using product. I don't want, because I fucked up one little thing, I don't want to waste their time or their food or anything else. I'll cut around it. I'll make it work. I'll, I'll, I'll get through it without people even realizing, realizing some safe. I mean, that's what you have to remember too. Like for the most part, especially as people ask perfectionists, no one's going to know it. I mean, certainly I get made fun of all the time because of my um, grammatical issues. Um, <laughs> A, I've never been a great writer. Two, I just like, I type way too fast. And like, my instinct is always just to hit enter. <laughs> right, <laughs> for of, sure. Like, going through it. It's certainly been something I have to work on. Grammarly. Have you, have you heard of Grammarly before? I have. Which one's that though? It works wonders, man. I've been using it for like three or four years. And you just pretty much upload an add-on to your, uh, web, your web server. And any email, any type of content that you create, it's going to go through and pretty much unline, underline in, in bold red, any, any oh, spelling, yeah. any type of grammatical errors as far as when it comes to the, um, you know, comma in the wrong place or a comma that needs to go does, away. Does it, I'll work say, with, does it work within Instagram? Within Instagram? Oh, man, I do that's not, I mean. not on your, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you because, I mean, I, I'm just trying to move forward and move fast and I can't, you know, be anal about an email and take another five minutes just to sound professional you know i'm trying to move forward but i'll see you a link after this interview but anyone else all you champions listening out there it's called grammarly and i don't know if it's dot com or something else but grammarly you'll find it's a g green logo and it definitely works wonders as far as when it comes to content i i try to fly through as quick as possible and to, to hit on what you were just saying just about not caring so much. I mean, I'm right there with you. And back in college, I was a B guy coming in, you know, but I learned really quickly, okay, if I can sprinkle in B's and C's, then, you know, I'll get my degree and I can enjoy myself throughout the process. And that is something that I definitely do not regret at all because I had a great time in college and moving forward, even in real life where I'm at now, it's something that I even take, you know, like yourself with these posts and the content, but naturally I want to be a perfectionist. So it's a constant battle with myself, but at the same time, you know, it's all about progress over perfection. And I think you've definitely mastered that at least when it comes to your content and video, because video is definitely not easy. <laughs> no, it takes every second. <laughs> oh, sure. But 
I want to back up and, and dive in something maybe a little more fun and entertaining for those champions who are listening. Give us a story of a, maybe a brand that you've worked with or maybe a time that you were creating content and it was a major, maybe a major fail or embarrassing or just something weird maybe that you've worked with with, uh, with the brand. What, what was the most, I guess, unusual moments that you've had as an influencer? And given that you are at the level that you're at, I mean, I, I imagine that you get reached out to a lot. And so yeah. I couldn't imagine some of the weirder stuff that you've heard. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean I'm trying to think of something specifically. I, I, I think certainly I get reached out to a lot of stuff where it's clearly didn't even look at my account <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like how, wh what do you want me to post about women's lingerie or something? Like, I don't know how this necessarily connects to me um, or my audience or the content that I produce. You probably just like punched in a number and some auto thing did it. I mean, it's, I, I think in terms of the ones that sort of move forward, I think this has been a huge lesson in terms of what I have to do and, and truly where the industry has gone. I think like, when I first started selling ads uh, four years ago, maybe or three and it was whatever helps man, I forget. Um, you were just like, Whoa, someone's giving me money for this. Okay. Sure. Whatever <laughs> you want. Right. Does this make any sense? No, but they're, but they're paying me. So that sounds cool. I think that like the true power of being an influencer and being in the space is a, the connection to your audience. So you never want to, never want to screw with them. I think like in terms of partnership right. stuff, you want to a make it clear that it's partnership. I'm not, I never want to hide the fact that I'm getting paid. I think like if anything, it's appreciated, but two, making sure that it's not an ad. I always say, I don't, I mean, sometimes it's quicker. I say whatever, but like truly the way I look at it is I'm not selling ads. I'm selling sponsored content. My job is for you to come to me with your campaign and your promotion and what message you want to get across. And then have the trust in me to create the content that will engage and speak to my audience. I'm in, you, you might think that you're paying me for my number of followers or number of likes or whatever, but truly you're paying me because I've been able to create this connection with 470,000 people in five years. So I think like at the beginning it was, you didn't think about that. Now with everything that comes in, I think about that tremendously and brands, and companies have gotten accustomed to that. And if they don't, I just say no to them. I don't really care how much money they offer me. Everything comes in, I say, okay, I try and visualize what, what kind of content, what kind of content could I create with this? Okay, is that content engaging? Okay, is it, is it something that I'm actually passionate about? Because I truly have nothing to say about this product. How would, no one's gonna care what I have So I think like a great example of that most recently is uh, I did a trip to Japan. So yeah, all upon airways, my, my dream was to go to Japan. I put it out in the universe as much as I could. This is all I wanted to do. So all upon airways is the Japanese uh, airline. They fly from New York to Japan and domestically in Japan and LA, or whatever. They fly Japan. So they reach out to me and, you know, they, they came to me and like, hey, we want you to, we'll send you to Japan. We'll give you all the money. Here's the deliverables, videos, photos, whatever, whatever, whatever. And okay, that all sounds great. I'm sorry, I don't need to yes, cut you off. Yes. This is a sponsored trip. Yes, yes. That, that's that. amazing. Um, and they were, and they, I was like, okay, well, what do you want out of these? I was going to do uh, vlogs for them. I was going to do daily videos. So I was going to be there for 17 days. 
produce 10 videos specifically about them. Um, and they're like, we want one video to be about the airline. Okay, great. It's actually super easy. I'm flying in business class for the first time. The food is look legit amazing. That food of ramen. I'm like, easy, easy, easy. And that actually ended up being the highest viewed, most engaged video I did the whole time, which is so fun. But then they were like, for everything else, just make sure you tag us, make sure you mention us, but just go produce your content. They're like, we just want people, our key message is be excited about going to Japan to eat the food. I was like, great, done. All I do, <laughs> do my thing, incorporate what they wanted me to say a little bit. But other than me tagging them and me mentioning them, hey, on upon airways, thanks for sending me, you guys fucking rock, or whatever I said. It, it was just my content. And like those are the type of deals that we're trying to do where we all won. The content did insanely amazing, it's incredible. And now all these people are excited to go to Japan. And guess what? I've ingrained in them that when you fly to Japan, well, you got to use on upon airways. That's a bunch of boys. Went. So I think it was like the perfect sponsored opportunity and things. That, and, and something I'm going to look more to do more and more, more. Like, hey, look how successful this was. Because at the end of the day, I want them to do well. I want every post to do to do well, especially when someone's paying. And when I don't think it's going to engage, I don't want to waste their time or their money. Um, so I think it's really, really important to sort of like dig your feet in and, and make sure it works. Oh, man, nice. That's amazing. Uh, that's on my, my bucket list. I guess it's not a bucket list. I'm working towards it, but being able to take a, a collaboration and travel and get paid for it, that, that seems like another world to me. It was like in the beginning... Yeah. When I started getting free things, I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. You know, I can't, you know, I, I, you can't believe it before it happens, but when it starts happening, okay, it's about time. And when I started getting paid for things, it was like, this is my new life, you know, and I experienced some drop off with the lack of consistency and whatnot. But now that I've gotten to the level where I'm, I am now, I would love, absolutely love to have a trip for maybe me and my wife if they would allow and, and get out there and really create some content and experience life with, rather than the, the mundane around, you know, the city of Austin, like I normally am. Um, what was your experience with, um, cause I imagine you've done plenty of, you know, I guess traveling type of trips, but do you consider this one of this Tokyo trip, your biggest one? And what is the unexpected when it comes to a travel campaign with the, I'm sorry, a travel collaboration with the brand that you didn't expect in the beginning right um yeah i mean just because japan is at the time i list forever it was definitely i mean it was the best personal trip i've ever taken honestly and professionally it obviously like it was most money i've ever made it was the best content i think i've ever produced for a sponsored thing it's just like awesome. everything was hit like hit the check mark um i've been very lucky to travel a lot with french boys like i've been to australia a few times um i've been all over the country in the U.S. I went to Ireland last year. That's all really, really exciting. I mean, I, I think, again, it so just goes back to the lessons you learn. I think right. very early on, it was more of these, like, media press trips, because that's what people are used to. They're used to, hey, bring a writer out, you know, want to dine him a little bit, tell him about the story, and, like, be done with it. And, again, it was like, oh, wow, just, like, a free trip somewhere? That sounds really cool. But then I learned very quickly. I'm like, I can't produce content this way. Like, I, I, you didn't what I need for producing content is very different than what a journalist or traditional media needs. So then I'm like, okay, well now I know the question. So when they invite me to Japan, cool. One of my first questions, can I bring someone? Number two, like <laughs> what exactly expect me to post that? What exactly is the itinerary? Sometimes I've done trips and the itinerary, I'm like, I hate all these activities. Like 
I wish I was in charge of this itinerary because I would pick the cool stuff that I personally want to do. And I would pick the stuff that no would engage with my audience. Right. For Again, sure. going back to Japan being the perfect example, they didn't set anything. They were like, here's money, go spend it, go do whatever you wow. want. Great. I, I, I mean, I, I brought my friend Sydney. She runs, um, she's another influencer from LA. Uh, she runs an account called what could be butter. And I, I had her plan the whole trip. Listen, I'm not good at planning that stuff. And she had been to Japan before. So I was like, okay, here's the budget. Since they're giving us all this, you know, whatever, plan it. <laughs> you know what I like. Like, we came up with a list of stuff we both wanted to do. We had, like, an Excel sheet. But, like, she went through and, like, laid out our days and scheduled everything and, like, made clear how to shoot stuff because, obviously, we were filming a lot. It, it, it worked out perfectly. So just, like, over time, you just learn all these things of, like, okay, sort of going back to sponsored to the fully branded stuff too. It's like, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm just like getting one over on you guys. And I could go take this free trip and produce shitty content and be like, ha ha, I had a great time. No, I do everything like I do a job. And me personally, I'm sick to my stomach unless I know that I'm getting my content. But like literally I can, I cannot enjoy things unless I know that my content's there. So a good example is like, I get invited to a lot of events and I'm just like, this event sounds really amazing. I can't produce content the way I want to here and I will not enjoy one second of this. I can't go. Um, so I've learned now like, okay, if you want to do like, uh, there's been some big event where they want to pay me for a feed post and stories, which is pretty normal. I said to them, I was like, I will never go to this event and be happy with content I get for the feed and it's going to suck. So it says I'm stories. I'm much more relaxed on. So I said, listen, I will take far less money. I'll just post a bunch of stories and I'll be, actually be able to enjoy myself. And they were perfectly that. So I think it's always finding the balance to, to everything. Oh, that's awesome, man. And you, you're really on top of, I feel like you're on top of your game as far as when it comes to the planning and really putting the work in, I guess, prior and before going into the day of maybe posting. And I want to ask you this, um, just a really quick question for you. How much time, this is so the, these champion influencers out here get an idea of you're not just waking up and, you know, you put about two minutes in of thought and you're posting or you're taking 10 minutes out of your day and you're, you know, just throwing up content and it's sticking. Let these young champions know the amount of time that you take to really strategize and plan out your, your content and really put in the work. It's, and like you were saying before, to educate yourself as far as when it comes to what Instagram has that is new in their, their app and, you know, what new features you can use to your advantage. What, um, I guess, what's the time commitment that they don't see that you're putting in before they see your post? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest misconception about what I do, because like I run a quote unquote food Instagram, which I guess it sort of is, but whatever is that, oh, you, you just eat all day. That sounds great. I'm like, <laughs> no, like literally the time I spend eating every day, like for shoot stuff is like 30 seconds out of my right. day. I, I mean, I, I'll be very honest. I probably work six or seven days a week. Um, if, if I, you know, if I can, I'll, I'll try to not do that. But at the end of the day, like I know the pressure's on to get stuff done and right. that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Like I've, I've recently learned a bad lesson, which is if I work, if I work on Sundays, my week is easier. So there's that. I mean, it's just, it's everything. I mean, I think it's, it's even, even just the content stuff is surface level. Like, yes, I'm editing all day and I usually have a shoot, but then it's the, all the emails and all the meetings and all the networking and the events I have to go to and the finances you have to deal with and the lawyers and 
everything like that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm running a business. Um, right, for sure. So there's a, a lot that goes into it, even beyond the content. I mean, the content's the fun stuff. I like shooting and editing. It's not it's hard, but it's not like, you know, it's a terrible job. But that's like the, that's like, like the football game on Sunday. You, you know, you got to right. practice all week, though. Right. Once again, I really appreciate you taking the time out, man. You got some serious value as far as when it comes to the experience that you've had with your own and you got a lot to share. And so I'm going to definitely have to have you on later on in episode, maybe 120 or something like that. And <laughs> get your, your new experiences and also jump on maybe a little more about video and, you know, how you go about the production side of your content and your, uh, I guess your, your strategy to plan out your content and, and whatnot. But I'll uh, ask you this one last question. This is really for those listening. Why are you, so for someone who comes across your account and sees 463,000 followers, or even your other account, and they see the 13,000 followers, let us know how you're just a human being and you're not special or Superman and whatever, I guess, obstacle or doubt that they may have in their mind that they like. They're thinking, oh, okay, maybe, maybe he has something going his way. He has a team or, you know, he, he has this that I don't have. Are you special pretty much? And if not, <laughs> communicate to these young entrepreneurs and, and young champions of influence that they are capable as well as you were to get to this level. And you're talking about working six, seven days a week. And I promise you that a lot of those who are out there doubting themselves and not really committing fully i don't think they're putting in the hours that you're putting in <laughs> right i would say this i think there's a lot of circumstances that help me i've worked in tv forever and i'm producing and i'm still producing content i view it the same way so i certainly had a background in food i had a background in telling stories i had a background in being creative and i'm on instagram and youtube and the stuff which is a creative outlet those things help me did I have more money than anyone else? No. While I was trying to get brunch boys going on, I was on unemployment. I certainly did not have any money. Uh, did I have anyone helping me? I mean, listen, my friends were in the field and here and there, I could always beg, borrow and deal to have someone help me, but not really. I think what it was, was just like, I want to make this work. So like when I was a producer, I sort of said this way, but I never really touched on it. I didn't, I did not know how to shoot. I did not know how to edit. I did not know how to light. I did not know how to be on camera. There's all these things that I was exposed to because I worked in TV, but I never had to do. I was a producer. When I was a producer, I came up with something and then I told other people how to make it happen. Like I told them to make it happen. Um, when I decided that this was something that could be more than just this weird thing I have, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to take photos because my photos suck. And I look on Instagram and I'm like, man, someone's photo is better than mine. I don't know how to edit. Someone else could edit better than me. And this is five years ago and this is today. I look at Instagram and I look at YouTube and I'm like, damn, that photo is amazing. How do I get better? That video crushed. Like, how do I get better at what I'm doing by that? A lot of it is literally I sit and watch YouTube. Like, if I want to know how to do something, I type it into YouTube and I guarantee you there's a video teaching you how to right. do it. Even every day when I'm editing, I'm like, oh, wait, what's that weird thing I want to do with this edit? I'm like, I'll just, I'll, this weird thing in Premiere, I'll just, I'll just put in YouTube. Oh, great. Here's a five minute video explaining exactly how to do it. I think like I'm always trying to learn and get better every single day because I realize that there is someone better than me at everything every single day. So if you ever think that you're the top, whatever, you're wrong. 
Uh, and I, I find this funny and no offense to people that throw parties for themselves when they hit certain plateaus on Instagram. I think that like when you hit certain numbers, it's, it's, it should feel real good and that you shouldn't, I don't want to like take the piss out of you or whatever, but I look at the opposite. I'm like, if I threw a party because I hit a hundred thousand followers, all I'm doing is telling everyone else that I have way less followers than all those other people. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to keep making people think that I'm bigger than I am. Like when I was a very small account, I would always email people. Cause right when I started, there were a lot of other food accounts, not a lot, but enough that had way more followers than me. I'm saying, I'm talking like I had 15,000 followers and they had 70,000 followers. When I would email people, restaurants, brands, companies, travel, whatever the hell it was, I would email them and I'd say, hi, my name is Jeremy Jacobowitz. I run the number one brunch account in the entire world. I didn't talk about my numbers. That didn't matter. I mean, they can look at my profile and see what it is, but I'm going to always play to my strengths, which is I've run the number of brunch account in the world. I did. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm the 15th most followed food Instagram account because that's silly. So I think it was always just like, always play your strengths and whatever your strengths aren't, (laughs) improve on. Man, I'm right there with you. And (laughs) as far as when it comes to being a champion influencer, you were exactly the person that I had in mind that I needed on this podcast to be able to share the wealth of knowledge that you have to help all those out there who are looking to grow and get to that level. And truly from my heart, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that a lot of people out there who have been listening do as well. And really, if there's anything that I can do for you on my end, please don't hesitate to reach out. And the same that goes for you, um, the champion influencers out there listening, reach out to my man, Jeremy, and follow his accounts. And Jeremy, if you can give us just a rundown of where you're at. And I also know that you have a a YouTube channel as well. If you just let us know where you are so we can engage with you. Yes, I want to do a, a full giant plug of everything right now. Everyone, everyone oh, get rich. Let us have it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Brunch Boys on Instagram. It's Brunch Boys on YouTube. I've been working very hard on YouTube. YouTube is a really exciting platform to me. I think that you could do different cool things there. And I think it's just, it's a totally different audience. And it's been exciting to sort of like try and grow somewhere else. It's definitely been a struggle. But I think like it's something like once you hit it, you're going to hit it. Personal account is that Jeremy Jacobitz, like we said. If you type in Brunch Boys, both accounts should pop up. So there you go. Give me the double follow. I will say this too. If Since you guys are listening to some podcasts, if you want to hear like more podcasts, I actually have two podcasts on my, of my own. One, uh, like I said before, I actually used to work at WWE. My wow. job when I was there was I was a logger. I've watched every piece of wrestling footage that's ever existed, stuff from like the 1910s and 20s really? and 30s and whatever. So I started a wrestling podcast called Monday Night Pod. If you're a wrestling fan, it's all about the history of the Monday Night Wars week by week, episode by episode, I will say this, to appreciate the show, you have to be a wrestling nerd. I understand that that's a, a niche people, but going back to the way I started Brunch Boys, I was like, me and my buddy, we we're just like, let's just do something where we can talk wrestling. I'm like, having right. this escape every week from, he works in TV, I'm obviously obsessed and fully committed to everything at Brunch Boys. Like, let's just take an hour every week to do something else. And I was like, okay, there's a billion wrestling podcasts out there. I'm like, okay, well, Let's use what we have to our advantage, which is we both worked at WWE and experienced wrestling in a way that pretty much no one else has to pick something that no one's doing about wrestling on podcasts. Great. This is a, his, a funny nerd out about the history of wrestling among the networks. So that's on every single uh, podcast 
outlet, whatever you're listening to now, I'm sure you can find me there. Um, I also have a, a very special podcast called Brunch With. It's I've only done like five things in a year and a half. <laughs> but I get like really cool celebrities and chefs and personalities. And when I feel like updating it, it's really cool. It's there too. It's also on YouTube and IGTV. So don't worry if you don't want to follow me on podcasts. But if you just like listening to podcasts, that's there too. And um, I, I think that's it. I mean, sure, I have a Twitter, but you know, you know the bottom. I mean, the hustle is real, man. I love it. You're covering all grounds and, you know, I, I really am excited to see what you go, what you accomplish moving forward. Cause I feel like this is just the start. You're a, a young, young buck out here in the old world. And so I look forward to seeing the damage that you do and man, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and once again, man, I really appreciate it. And for all you champion influencers out there, go out and follow my man, Jeremy and the brunch boys and the YouTube channel and even on subscribe to the podcast. Don't hold back, Jeremy. Let them know. Subscribe. But give me five star reviews. I, I so I'm learning a lot <laughs> about po- I'm learning a lot about podcasts now. And I'm sure you realize this too. Leave a five star review for this podcast also. But I realized that that is a huge factor into podcast algorithm. It's oh, those sure. five star reviews. You know what? Show love, subscribe, do all those leave a review, five stars, even write a little <laughs> nice comment. But thanks again, Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. and- We're going to sign off. And to all you champions out there, keep the hustle up. Success and nothing less. Keep it up like my man Jeremy and take what he's been able to give us here and level up. Don't hold back. You know, 2019 is your year, but make 2020 your breakout. And man, Jeremy, thanks again. And we'll be signing off. for listening to the Champion Influencer Podcast. Visit our website, championinfluencer.com. Until next time, be great champions.